The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. My God, yes, it is another episode. And with another episode, you must know now that we have some sponsors we'd like to cover for today. One of them being Exter, my favorite wallet company that happens to provide many types of accessories, like my favorite duffel bag. If you haven't seen that, go ahead and check it out on YouTube. We have an advertisement for that. Um, you can save a lot of money. Not, I don't want to say a lot of money, but you can save some money <laughs> if you're interested in the product. Get it for free. Uh, yeah, they make, what kind of products do they make? Ooh, my favorite Costco uh, holder. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, is that a subtle flex? <laughs> it is a subtle flex because I have the executive membership, but cool, it's cool. Um, yeah, it's this type of wallet. Really handy, useful, sleek yeah. wallet. Honestly, every time I pull it out at the gas station, someone has, like, they even notice the sound. They go, what was that? People pick up on it. Yeah. They like, notice that it's like, a unique wallet. Or like, I'm at In-N-Out, you know? And I'd be like, yeah. Mm-hmm. She'd be like, uh, a double-double with chopped chilies, an extra spread, toasted bun, and a cheeseburger. Same way. With a fry. And I'm like, yep. And she's like, thirteen ninety two. And I'm like, sure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They always look like, oh, damn. Oh, baby. Can't wait to see that card. But then it's just a <laughs> Capital One card. <laughs> Pretty sick. So if you want to save money, use code 2AM on extra.com. And then if you also want to use code 2AM for our other two sponsors. Which are? Vital Red Light. Mm-hmm. The premier red light therapy device company out there. Um, basically if you want to get better sleep, more energy, you want to improve your mitochondria for better health, both in the short and the long term, get yourself a panel. It'll last you a long time. Use code 2AM for, I believe, 15% off. 15% off? I believe so. I don't remember the numbers here. But you'll save some money. Yes. Um, essentially what I like about Vital Red Light is every time I feel, um, dead tired when I get home from work, whatever it is, it's mostly mental right? You'll be surprised how much work it does on you to properly heal you and bring you back to base. 20 minutes, you sit in this and bathe. My favorite thing to do is to just put your phone away. Don't do anything that's like, you know, like watch a TV show or anything besides if you want, read and read out of a paper book. That's it. Other than that, I would either close my eyes and just kind of like meditate in a sense and just take in the heat of it. And it really, really helps you go back to base and be ready fully to either take on another activity or go to sleep. You have the Elite, too, which is really powerful. Yeah. And then uh, our last sponsor. Mm-hmm. I also have another one that we want to mention after this. Oh, but this one's going to be a spicy new one that everyone is going to love, and it's something new in the industry. But go ahead. Our, one of our last sponsors is Portal, best sleep supplement company out there. Agreed. Um, with four of the most scientifically backed ingredients mm-hmm. for amazing sleep, no insomnia, no getting up to pee. You sleep throughout the night and then you wake up fully refreshed. Yep. And for the most part, you can remember your vivid ass dreams. So, <laughs> Pretty And cool. then last but not least, not an official sponsor yet, but we've been in the works, in the talks with... And it's just for you guys. Yes. And this is Rare Bird Coffee. Now, what makes this coffee so special... What? Is that it's paraxanthine coffee. And paraxanthine is actually a byproduct of caffeine. 
mm. but you don't experience the jitters. It doesn't keep you up at night. Mm. And it comes with a host of other benefits, including potentially lowering blood pressure, believe Ooh. it or not. Ooh. Ooh. We like that. So if you hate anxiety, if you hate worries, and if you hate jitters and insomnia, it's the perfect coffee blend. No code yet. No link for that. But like I said, we're it's in talks happening. right now. Yeah. Hopefully by next week. Um, but anyway, without further ado, let's get the hell into it. I don't know what I want to talk about. All right. This has been, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Goodbye. No, no. Today's uh, conversation, I think, is going to be about credit utilization and the way this country works. We can talk about this. Okay. Sometimes I do feel like a credit score that is just walking around this earth. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm very neutral about it. But I do, but here's the thing. I now meet people that are in their mid-20s that have gotten their first credit card. And I go, wow, that is so bad. That is terrible. I agree. I think you should be getting it earlier, but you have to educate yourself on these things. Yeah. But that's what started, like, you know, contradicting my own thoughts. I'm like, nah, dude, credit, credit is bad. You know, like, we shouldn't live off credit. But then you realize that this whole country lives and basically operates off of it. You want a fancy car? Well, you better believe that they're going to check your credit. Mm-hmm. Um, which I used to think was just immoral and just a very stupid, uh, stupid way of going about things. But it's very essential in this country. And now I didn't realize that until I met someone that was just like, I got my first credit card. And I'm like, how old are you? 25. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? <laughs> I know it's, it's kind of funny to me. but I, I honestly believe these days that's, that might be a net positive. Yeah. It made me feel like they're so behind. Hmm. I can't trust this individual. <laughs> no, we can't. No, I know we can't. But like, you get what I mean? It's the system. Yeah, it's really hard because it is a tool, but it is a very slippery slope. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we've abused credit cards in the past. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. We've made it out of that hellhole. Oh, absolutely. But then when you look into it, you realize, like, at least from my perspective, I realize how much most of it is a scam, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Why do you say that? Why is it a scam? Bro, I've seen my credit score go up when I've had horrendous credit util- utilization. Yeah. It's gone up. For what reason? Um, it is a game. It is a game that you can actually practice. It's kind of like going to flight school. Okay, you know how there's like, once you get in there to learn all the code of granting access and landing and all this stuff, right? There's plenty of it. Then you get into the controls of the whole operation. <laughs> And there's mm. many knobs and little things that you need to know to tweak. And that's exactly how I see um, credit and credit scores. It's a bunch of tweaking and a bunch of knobs that you have to be fulfilling 24-7 for it to have its worth, I guess. So what I've realized is having a 760 credit score, okay, which is not uncommon. Um, and it's, in fact, medium high, I guess. I mean, that's pretty high. Yeah. 760, 720, whatever. As long as you're above, I would say 680, you know. Sure. Great. I've met some individuals where, like, you know, they're at 680 and they're paying on time and everything, right? And they don't realize there's more to it than that, okay? It's stretch of history, open accounts, how many big loans do you have? Like, what is the furthest you've gone with it? Do you make payments on time? Yeah. Not even on time. How many times a month? And how many days before the due date? 
Like it's lit. That, oh, really? That plays a role? That plays a role. So if I make multiple payments before the due date, yeah. but I still miss my due date payment. And on No, if you make it before, your due date goes back to the next month. Okay. As long as you gotcha. pay that whatever the minimum debt was. Interesting. You get what I mean? Yeah. But there's even dates. There's specific dates before your due date in number of days where if you pay twice a month, um, I forgot what it is. I think it's like 15 days before your due date. Then you get some sort of incentive. Yeah. It it clocks in. It's whoever's reporting to the credit bureaus. That's where the real magic is. And that's what's crazy is that you have a 760 credit score and then someone else would have a 760 credit score. Okay. More so your history and how many open loans and how big and large they are and how often you make payments makes a a stronger 760 than just the 760. Yeah, because there's multiple factors at play. Exactly. I, I don't know, man. I'm really torn on the entire system of credit mm -hmm. because there's a part of me that thinks it's really immoral, the fact that you're charging people interest on top of a balance that they're carrying. But then again, you have to take the the like responsibility route where, okay, you use this card. You might not have educated yourself on it, mm -hmm. but there are consequences to using it and then not paying it off yeah and that's why i think having a credit card if you want to you should avoid interest and obviously you treat it as the same equal amount of sums that you already have in cash form mm -hmm. so like obviously with the tough life of you know trying to make payments on time uh, and i'm talking about like to bills like rent, utility, um, necessities, whatnot. Sometimes, for the most part, the way everybody lives here is paycheck to paycheck. And therefore, you actually are living above your means of what you actually carry, right? So you hope that time kind of syncs up to the, the point of where you affordability, I would say, based off of your savings, mm -hmm. right? But then you realize you don't use your savings to, I don't know, put you ahead, I guess. I can you see know? that. So like, let's just say you make, I don't know, 5K a month, very average. Um, and your total bills at the end of the month is 6,300. Where are you getting that th extra 1,300? You technically don't have it. So unless you set yourself up a year and a half in advance, two years in advance, a savings account, that is going to take care of that 1300 every single month for the year because you only make 5000 then you're going to be using credit cards like that's that's kind of like a credit card thing that I talk about when you when you purchase things on credit cards you actually are purchasing more than you, what you can afford for the most part typically yeah which is why you're paying interest yeah because other than that you would be able to afford the whole entire credit card bill if you were just putting everything on credit cards Mm -hmm. including your rent and all that good stuff. Um, well, again, it's a tool. It just depends on your level of financial literacy. Yeah. That's the most important thing. And here. here's the thing, though. Since you can postpone and you're technically getting loaned these amounts of money, you're, you just, you don't have a hard time living above your means, you know? You're just like, whatever. You know what? These sneakers are on sale. I know I can't afford it, obviously, because I live, like, literally on the brim. Mm -hmm. But let me just put on the credit card. That's what it turns into. One slippery slope, and then, boom, you're going to keep going down the slope. Now, all of a sudden, you're sliding down it. Yeah. 
Um, that's the trickiest thing about it is that you're pushing, <clears throat> you're pushing your responsibility off into the future. Mm -hmm. But when the future comes, when that time comes where you have to face the amount that you, you owe, it ends up being a lot more than you could have ever imagined. Yeah. Just because you're adding $5 here, you're adding 20 bucks here, $200 pair of sneakers there. Yeah. It's like, it's an avalanche if you don't keep it in check. Bro, it's, it's, I think it's the way we're conditioned. And obviously like the, the thing that sucks is that the system is set up for you that way, you know, to where interest is just your, your buddy. Hello, mm -hmm. interest. How are you today? You know? Oh, 24%. Great. <laughs> and it's like, uh, I, I like to compare it to like the Arab countries. Okay. Like the way my uncles live. I, I think I've mentioned this before, like episodes ago, but like they buy everything in cash, bro. So well, when they need money, they go out and chase the money. They don't chase, they don't have the, the, you know, like after 5 p.m. They just go, oh, I'll just use my credit card. Like, I don't need to, I already work today. They don't even have credit cards, do they? I mean, they have Visa cards and stuff. And I, do, I don't, I'm not sure how it works, but I think you kind of load it in advance. Well, that makes sense because in Islamic countries, like interest is haram, right? Yeah, it's, it's forbidden, basically. Which I find very interesting. I think that's a, that is a very good setup. Yeah, because that's why I agree with you when you said it's immoral in a sense. But imagine a whole country running on this. Like, and it's not immoral anymore. It's just normalized. Um, and you need it, in fact, to own your house or to own a business or to own yeah. anything, right? It's a, it's a way to get a background check like beyond your criminal history and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is interesting to live this way. Do you think I, any part of it is a scam? I do feel like it's scammy. I'll tell you why. Have you ever called your credit card company and be like, yeah, I don't agree with this. And then they just take it off. Oh, that's a common practice. A lot of people don't implement. I do that all the time. Yeah. So like. You're like, okay, why did I get charged in the first place if it's that easy to just remove? <laughs> yeah, well, because they want to make know? more money. And then think about the dispute process, okay? You can rack 60K on a credit card or something. Let's just say you got approved for that somehow. And I don't know. Like, you just stop paying, right? And then it goes to collections. And then the collection agency is like, you need to pay us now. We, we'll even give you a discount, whatever, okay? And that debt is just sitting there. They bought it from whatever credit card company. And you're like, nope, I don't own that. I've never owned that. I don't even know what the hell that is. And they'd be like, well, it is your name. And they'd be like, oh, okay, prove it. So then they'll come back to you and be like, is this you? And it'd be like a black and white photo of your ID, right? Mm -hmm. You'd be like, no, that's not me. Why? <laughs> because the system says that your the ID photocopy needs to be in color for it to be valid. So you go, no, that is not me. This is fraudulent. Is that a real thing? I swear to God, dude. Holy shit. I swear to God. Okay. Okay. They'd be like, you can claim it as not yours, even though you know deep down it is yours and you're lying to them. Okay. And they'd be like, okay, so what you send is a letter that informs them that this is not me. This is a fraudulent account that was opened under my social security number using my name as identity theft. They'd be like, oh, okay, we apologize for this. Give us 30 days. Okay. <laughs> 30 days. If they don't respond, they have to automatically, by law, remove it. Oh, wow. So when you think of the national debt, <laughs> I was actually going to bring that up. It's yeah. just 
I mean, what are we at? Like 23 trillion? <laughs> yeah. More, I think, at this point. Like, th that is never going to be paid back. Mm. And I hope people realize that. Like, it's just, it's a fictitious number that continues to rack up by the second. Yeah. And you can go to the the national debt calculator and watch it rack up. Mm -hmm. It shows the, the different charts of where it's coming from and all that. That's part of the reason why I think it's like... It's nuts. That's why it's like big, scammy. Yeah, it is scammy. You get what I mean? Like, you look at the loopholes and you're just like, what? But I don't want to say that from the perspective of like a victim. No, not at all. You have to take responsibility and understand yeah, no, how to use these things. These are just things that I've seen, witnessed, heard of, you know, um, and just like looking up these things, the laws, like of what actually happens with this crap. Um, but it did take me a while to like realize or learn credit in general, you know, how to do it um, and how to do it properly, not use certain credit cards for certain things and like all that stuff, you know, just because you have... It's really hard as a human being to see uh, availability of money, right? They're just throwing it at you. Let's just say you have 11 cards. Some people have 20, 40, 40 accounts open, right? Different cards, yeah. different amounts. Okay. You look at it and you're like, oh, that's free money. <laughs> right? It's really hard as a human being to see a numerical value and go, that isn't free. Like, that isn't free money. No, it just looks like it's available to you. So let me just use it. Yeah. Right? And as everybody knows that lives in the real world, your life goes through ups and downs and ups and downs and mediums and everything, right? So if you have open availability with all this crap, you sure as hell are not going to be able to pay every once in a while, you know, especially if you live uh, in a certain standard. So let's just say you got accustomed to, you know, your Twitter job salary and, you know, your credit utilization goes up because you're just, you're making more money, right? Mm-hmm. Now you start slacking and you're just like, you know what? Let me just have more cash on me. So let me just pay minimums. And now you're paying a little bit of interest here. Six bucks, seven bucks, 17 bucks. 20 depending bucks. on your balance. Yeah, depending on your balance, of course. Right? Because it's all percentage. And then it racks up and then all of a sudden Elon took over and then fires you. And now you're sitting at no income and you just have like whatever you've, you've saved up, hopefully if you've saved up, or whatever's in your checking account. Do you think you're going to pay these credit card companies? No. No, you're going to be like, nope. If you get really desperate, you're just going to file for bankruptcy. Exactly. And that's super desperate. That well, is super desperate. Before you file bankruptcy, what you could do is find the loophole and just start disputing it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And let someone else handle his debt. Because Okay, if I haven't, I haven't dug deep into this, but you said that a different company, like a con consolidation company, will buy debt. Debt. Yeah, and, and accounts. And yeah. then if that company is not able to get you to pay, then another company will step in and buy it from that company. Mm -hmm. And then each time you do that, they are more willing to bargain on the price. Yeah, because they bought it for cheaper to begin with. So you could, your original amount of debt could be $5,000. And over time, through many, through passing the ball to many companies, you can get it down to like, no, I just want to pay 500. That's all I can afford. And they'll accept that. I mean, or is that not they'll, they'll, they'll negotiate again with you. I'm pretty sure. And they'll be like, well, sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll be like, sure. <laughs> not 500. I mean, it depends. It really depends. Okay. Yeah. But it's, it only goes to a certain market. Like I think 40% off is like in my eyes, maximum. Hmm. At least from what I've seen. 
maximum they'll go down, right? And that's because they probably purchased it for like, I don't know, 60% off. So they have to make some sort of profit on whatever the hell they purchased. Because that to them was kind of like inventory. Oh, we bought this account for this much and it has this much so we can make this much off of them if they pay us. So it's all according to negotiation and stuff, but it's just interesting to me that that, that still works, you know? Or supposedly works. Yeah. So what's the logic? And to get it removed off your name. That's all it is. So that you get accepted by another credit card company. Well, this is the funny thing. Like even if, and I've, I've seen this in the past where I've abused credit cards and I've had high balances on different cards. Mm-hmm. And I, because I, I do my own thing, you know, money is not always consistent. So as a result, I notice, even though I'm in a quote unquote bad financial position in the context of credit cards, mm-hmm. these companies like Credit Karma and, and all of these other third party platforms, they will still email you relentlessly mm-hmm. day after day with new offers. Yeah. You qualify for this credit card for this amount. Oh, we noticed your credit is really terrible. So here's this one that is approved for low credit so you can build it again. <laughs> you see what I mean? Like it, ha- it still has to be built. And that's because yeah. this whole country is built off that. It's insane. To be qualified for anything. Like imagine you had cash value, right? Or for a home or something. And it'd be like, we need to run your credit. You'd be like, oh, crap. Like there's a hump right here. So even if you wanted to buy a house and you had it all in cash in full, and you had shit credit, you couldn't buy it? Um, well, here's the thing. Then you would have to rely on your taxes for, the, for like the previous two years and show proof of income. Okay. Okay. Things like that. But if you really realize it, I think 85% to 90% of people are going to get loans. Like no one yeah, has, no doubt. Look at house prices right now. Which funny. anyone has $1.8 million sitting around or like $800,000 just to buy cash? No. It's a 0.1%. And plus, if it's cash, I'm pretty sure they're going to charge a lot more because you're going to have to make more offers. Yeah. You know what's really twisted? And I I heard this from um, an episode of Mind Pump. Mm -hmm. Great fitness podcast, by the way. Go check it out. They were talking about how there was this article that mentioned if you have higher credit, if you have a credit of 750 and you try to mortgage a house, you have to pay an extra fee now, like an extra $1,500, $2,000 a year for some reason. Mm. Because you have higher credit, but but people with lower credit don't have to pay that. So, like, what kind of ass backward mentality is that? It's it's another bracketing thing. It's like kind of like taxes, dude. Like, you know, proof of income. Show us income. Okay, show us income. You make a little too much, so uh, <laughs> we're gonna charge you a little. Yeah, bit we're gonna more. charge you a little bit more. Interesting. And by a little bit, it's a lot more. Hmm. I wanted to say something, but I forgot. I don't know, but this just goes to show you the, the the level of like degeneracy and kind of like immorality that we really truly live in. Okay, so here's the question. What <clears throat> what is the logic behind Islamic countries going down the route of no interest? Is that purely to not take advantage of the the poor and the people who are like lower income? No. But it's 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 just it's a known fact that Islamically, like God literally tells you that interest it, it's it, they call it riba, right? And it's it's one of the most haram things you can do. Hmm. You're not supposed to make, like if I, because here's where it stems from, okay? It's borrowing money. Like, let's just say I had, um, I was a millionaire back in the day. And we're talking about like, I don't know, 1700s or even 1400s, okay? Let's just say I was a millionaire according to whatever currency that was back then. And 
someone came to me and wanted to open a cattle business or something, some trade, whatever. They wanted to sell grains, okay? They don't have the, the means to do so, and they see big potential. What they do is they, they would come to me, right? We would have a meeting. They'd go, I need this much, okay? And I would say either yes or no. And what you do is you agree on dates of when it should be, like, returned back. And you cannot ask for a profit. You don't, you don't make a business out of it, okay? It's kind of like it's a heart-to-heart thing. Mm. You know, Amana. Amana is trust. Like and an honor system. Yeah, it's an honor system. That's all it is. And you, it's just, it's forbidden for you to transform that into a business. I know, I think it's kind of funny that like, you know, like in the joke world, they call it like the Jewish mentality. <laughs> but oh my God. It's, but it's, it's, it's turning money into a business. Do you get what I mean? Oh, mm-hmm. I've already made my share. So I'm just going to sit here and play God, essentially. And be like, here you go, here you don't go. Yeah. You know? And why do I do this? Because it makes me money. Rather than a fair exchange of... In other words, there's more incentive to be greedy. Exactly. Okay. You see where that rabbit hole goes right down to greed. And greed is one of the characteristics that basically sends you to hell. One of the seven yeah. deadly sins. Yep. And then it, it's one of the things that also makes you characterize as a hypocrite or, or whatever the case is, right? You might see it as like as a human being, okay? You might see it as not so wrong because we have our own brains to think. We just look at it as, oh, this is quite genius, actually. I just sit on my ass and give people money that I've made with my own hard work and make profit on that. Hmm. Oh, your business is succeeding? All right, you owe me 20% of that now. <laughs> hmm, sounds like JP Morgan. <laughs> Chasing that money. Chasing <laughs> that money. <laughs> you get me? Um, I and think it's, it, look, it's not just Muslims that hate it or like, you know, disagree with it. Everyone that goes into a a a dip and into a hole and it gets deeper and deeper, you start hating banks and you know them for what they are, right? They're charging fees left and right for using this service that's essentially free, but it's not, you know? Yeah, the modern banking system exactly. is just completely <clears throat> shit. I mean, for us, it works pretty well in a first world country, but like what it's based on is yeah. is really flawed. And if you work for big companies, you best believe that you get incentives out of in- incentives out of direct deposit. What does direct deposit do? It goes to a digital account using your routing and account number. So it's all wired together. Yeah. So there's like it's automatically like you're withheld. No escaping that. And it, it like to me, it's not that I disagree or agree with it. It's just super interesting that it's just absolutely necessary for you to live life here in the West, at least. What call would people call the Matrix? Yep. <laughs> Some people. I can see how um, you can develop this uh, sense of powerlessness. Mm-hmm with this system because if you want to step away from the financial, the conventional financial banking system, what's, what are your options? You have crypto mm-hmm. and that's now. just become, it's just all over the place right now. Mm-hmm. So you can't really rely on that. So where do you go? Yeah, because it's not done yet. It's not really, I want to say secure, but it's not, but secured as a absolute system yet, you know? that goes hand in hand or like j- follows the path of banking. Like everybody's using it, using it. 
Yeah. It's hard to sell tech to especially elders, I would say. Mm-hmm. Like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I would love to own some Bitcoin and just start using that. I see it happening. And I think about this a lot, right? I think uh, the U.S. money, the currency, the U.S. dollar, is backed by too much oil. And that's the last string attached to it. Because a lot of talks around the world were saying, they're saying, like, dude, if we, if we just cut oil, oil supply to the United States, the U.S. dollar would no longer be number one around the world. It won't be the most used thing. Why not? Why not? Probably because the way the presidency has gone, okay, and the amount of reserves that we have that we try to keep silent, but we know we have, okay, and think of all the invasions we've done just mm-hmm. to just to get oil, you know. Um, Under the guise of, yeah, we're trying to yeah, so free these people. It is gold. It is gold. These these countries have oil, and we need that in order to survive, okay? So when we have allies across the world, like many allies, okay, and people that we work with in trade and business, including China, even though we owe them debt and they hate us, <laughs> um, what do you think China's move is? Like, why do you think South Park always made fun of it? China number one, China number one, right? <laughs> yeah. They're trying to battle that. And in and, and many aspects manufacturing and all that they are number one there's no defeating them they get the lowest prices because they make it themselves and all this good dude i'll tell you what the way china is using debt to manipulate countries and then take them over progressively is i mean it's terrible but it's nothing short of genius the way they're playing it out i think they did this with taiwan and this is like one of the biggest um controversial subjects today, Taiwan, China, and the United States. Mm-hmm. I believe China went into Taiwan and they, they basically offered them, look, you don't have great infrastructure. So we're going to come in, we can build all of your in- infrastructure, but you have to accept under these terms, mm-hmm. X, Y, Z. And so I believe they accepted under those terms and now they're indebted to China. And as a result, of course, they can't pay whatever they owe. And so the Chinese are starting to come in and basically take over. Yeah. So when they fully take over, what do you think their goal would be? Let's make the Chinese yen number one. Yeah. Why is it the U.S. dollar? You know. And when it's backed by nothing, like if you think about it, it's backed by the by the by the reserve. We just keep printing money. When that happens, there's too much money and cash flow going around that just is backed by nothing, so it diminishes its value. That's a scary thing because then imagine working this hard, right? And you have all your belongings in U.S. dollar <laughs> and then it suddenly crashes. What is going to happen? This is the same thing with Lebanon right now or Egypt or whatever the case is. Yeah. Whatever those countries are. Venezuela. Like, dude. Like imagine what, one day millions mean a lot. Suddenly millions mean nothing. And it's just like. That's your own currency. So that's when Bitcoin comes in. And it's like, imagine having Bitcoin. That that value stays the same and the US dollar just dips. And then you're like, thank God I have 80% of my shares in Bitcoin. Mm. I think Let me it, just go transfer it to whatever currency that's the highest. Yeah. You know, use that. I think as a future option, crypto will really be useful if, if 
it's played the right way. Yeah. And this all goes down to like more politics. I'm not really political or don't care to know too much politics, but only in certain aspects, you know, just have like a basic understanding, basic understanding of what the hell's going on. Um, the meetings that have happened, you know, the confidential files of you no know, public release now or whatever the case is and try to understand it because you never know what, this is the real world, dude. You never know what's going to happen. You know, we could be on a streak of like, you know, us is number one. And then suddenly we're like number 19 mm. because of one stupid move by one dumb president. You never know. I mean, we've been making stupid moves. Yeah. And it's scary if you really think about it. It's kind of like it's a miracle that we're, we're nothing major is happening yet. Doesn't it strike you? Remember the last episode when we were talking about like once you step away mm. from the human game, you see how ridiculous it is? Yep. Money is, is pretty ridiculous when you think about it. Mm -hmm. It's just something we all agreed on. We used to essentially barter, barter back in the day with shells and like way, way back in the day with shells and all sorts of different goods and services and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But now like we've just funneled it down into a piece of paper. All goes down to greed, dude. It's like, it's not one thing gets expensive. It's everything gets expensive. So you're telling me that Trix cereal is worth seven ninety nine. <laughs> That's inflation for you. Is it worth seven ninety nine? No, it should it should remain three dollars. But it's the transportation companies that are pissed off about how much they're not getting paid anymore, and they're not. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just there's no realistic value to things anymore. Everything is just profitable. Everything is. We need to make profit. We keep, need the numbers to be up. The numbers Everything have to be shifts. winning all the time. Yeah. Right? So how can one industry win more than the other? No, dude. We, it's, it's just a battle. It's a war. It's an internal war between companies. And who's the biggest supporter of companies and corporations and monopolies? The government. Yeah, that's true. Okay. And the last thing that they will ever... Or like the first thing that they will never let go of, let never let it go down, is real estate, land. Because all their money is in land. Which begs the... So the, yeah. think of the National or the California Relief Act or whatever, I forgot what it was called. I think it's called the Relief Act. But it's essentially they will give you 20% down payment to buy a home. They will support your down payment at this point. If you're a first-time homeowner. Mm-hmm. Okay, in California only. Okay, so you're telling me if I wanted to buy that $700,000 house, you would give me 20% down, which is like almost 200K or something like that. Oh, really? You would give me 200K, 20% down. Well, there are strings attached. Of course, there's strings attached, but then you're like, really? So you're saying I could sleep in a new home that I purchased under my name why? So why aren't there no incentives to anything else besides real estate right now? <laughs> Even though the market says that most houses you would not get for under a million if you have like a, I don't know, 2,000 square foot house. Mm -hmm. It's just weird, right? You yeah. don't think about how weird that is that you're giving me this? No, it's very this odd. opportunity? Well, the strings attached are obviously like you'd give them back the 20% once you sell it or, you know, once you start milking it whatever the case is. 
You have to go through all sorts of red yeah. tape if you want to build upon your house. Yeah, which, you know, the government basically owns because they gave it to you. You know, you're just making payments per month, so you only own a percentage of it. Yeah, that, that's the scary thing. Even if you have your mortgage paid off and you, you think you own your house, when shit hits the fan, do you really own it? Tax property, no. No, property if the government wanted to, yeah. they could just take it. I mean... That's the whole scam of the of the situation, if, if shit hits the fan. Yeah. And if they really wanted to hammer, to, you know, put their foot down, they could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, I mean, that's, that's just some, like, high level... Yeah, and if you understand real estate, you obviously don't buy to buy it. You buy it to milk the shit out of it and then sell it and move on. Yeah. Buy the next property. Yeah. It's another way. That's why they call it an investment because you have to know what you're doing for you to make the most amount of money back on it. What? And if you look at the charts, only goes up. So yes, it's going down at certain points. And according to the time you live in, it's at a low. But if you go back 10 years, there it was even lower. It's all relative. It's all relative. It only goes up. And it, at the end of the day, if you study it for 400 years, it went diagonal. Like, What else haven't we discussed about credit cards? Credit cards? Um, I don't know. It's just, I'm just kind of having like a, I don't know if it's a rant, but it's just more like, <laughs> there's a real side to these things. But I think it's just like, we get caught up in our own image, the things we want, you know, like I'm, I'm talking about like, accessories shoes posters uh the new fridge that has a tv in it you know <laughs> just fucking tv and, in the fridge you know my washer and dryer they're making a sound do they work yes they do but they're making a sound so we need new ones you know like everything's on credit everything's finance like everything's and we put ourselves in this and it becomes so normal that and you don't realize that you're that one day as much as you made money like this or it took you time it can leave like that and that's yeah. either to your currency being demolished. It's either to you losing things like your job and whatever. You, there's that that hits, bro. Because if you look at the news around the world, man, you never know when a war breaks out. And then you just like suddenly people's like a rocket hits someone's family's home. And then all of a sudden they don't have a home, you know? It's like someone's life can change instantly. And it's weird. Someone told me this the other day. But I was like, did you notice how many cars are out on the freeways? Like, when did that happen? There's so many cars. There's so many people. And he's like, yeah, that's what happens. When there's debt, you see more cars. And I'm like, I'm been, I, he didn't tell me why, but I've been trying really hard to think about it. And it's like, why is that? When there is more debt, you have more cars. Yeah, because people are just... The only thing I could think of was that going to work especially in California, you need to drive everywhere. Public transport would take you three, four hours just to get to one location when that means you're going to sacrifice sleep, you're going to sacrifice something. And you need a car. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? Dun, 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 dun. Pull out a loan. Pull out a loan. Get a car that you cannot afford, even if it's like $10,000, $8,000, $7,000. You get a loan. Just, you know, like imagine you, you, you worked Pizza Hut. Okay. And the only one that was hiring, and I know people like this, man. The only place that was hiring was, I don't know, um, the Pizza Hut that's 20 miles away. You need okay. a car. You need a car. Okay. Now you're paying gas on a car because you didn't have the luxury of getting a gas efficient car because you had a budget and your budget was already too much for you to afford. 
So now you pull out a loan for this. And now you're paying monthly and your credit sucks. So you're sitting at 11, 12% interest. So your car payment's fucking high for something that is considered low in value. And it consumes too much gas for your liking. So now you're spending way too much on a monthly plus gas per month. It takes multiple years to pay it off. Exactly. And you're paying interest. Okay. Now you can't afford the gas either because you're not getting paid enough at work. <laughs> so you I swear. So you come back and you're putting all your gas on credit cards and they have more interest. Like you're stuck in a loop, dude. That, that's what you mean by in you're a lot of countries you feel like you're in a prison. Yeah. That's what you mean. That, that's how most people feel. Because they, they don't see the way out. First of all, their, their income is not high enough because they haven't developed the right skills, according mm -hmm. to their personality. Mm -hmm. um, usually, most people are just in a normal 9-to-5 job, earning a typical salary. And as a result, I think a lot of people feel helpless. I would, I would that argue that most people are in, a, are in places where it's not even 9-to-5. It's different schedules on different days. Okay, so that's already messing your rhythm. Different schedules on different days. And... When the company needs to, they cut hours. So some days they're only working three, four hours. Some days they only get to cover a shift. Yeah. Some that's hell on earth, dude. And that's another thing. It's just like, uh, this is why I support school in some way. Because it's some people, that's all you know how to do. Like if you come from the retail world of, you know, like you only have a high school diploma and you're just trying to make it like you just want to live. Okay. Everything is so expensive. Um, School would benefit them, you know, because then they're not making twenty eight hundred a month. They're at least, they can at least make some sort of salary. Yeah, it's guaranteed. No matter how much work you do or don't do, you just you kind of have a contract. Yeah, the foundation of getting out of debt, in in my opinion, is just learning a valuable skill and then charging a higher price over time. Like if you look at a lot of tr like crafts tradesmen, yeah, and those guys make a ton of money. Yeah, and that's disciplining your identity to to fit that persona. Yeah, too. It depends on you. If you're more on the risky side, then you want to do your own thing and you want to, you live more on the edge financially and, and with other things. Yeah. So I think the second example I brought up right now was that, like, that's why I say credit isn't good or bad. It's it works tool. both ways. Yeah. It works both ways. But, um, yeah, this has been a very interesting um, episode. Yeah. I didn't expect us to go down this rabbit hole. Very chill. <laughs> very chill. Hopefully you guys enjoy this conversation. Um, if you haven't already, check out Exter to save some money on your favorite wallets and gear and accessories. They have very cool utilitarian type things that, you know, last a pretty good while. Very useful. Yeah. They look cool too. Um, also save money at Vital Red Light if you don't want to stress. You want to have a good time, get some more collagen development get some great sleep, and also feel great while meditating. Use code 2AM to save. Also, portal sleep vividly, perfectly. Perfectly. Um, use code 2AM for that as well. And stay tuned for uh, Rare Bird Coffee. That stuff will knock your socks off. Mm -hmm. I can I have a cup it. of that at 5 p.m., no problems with sleep. Yeah, reminds me of Lion's Mane, sort of. Gives you that focus. Power of pearsanthine, baby. Mm-hmm. Well, without further ado, tell your family and friends, this has been the 2AM Podcast, episode 205. It's been a good time. It's been a good time. Lately, we haven't done anything dedicated, but we've done um, a bunch of conversational things here, things that have been on our mind. 
As long as the ball keeps rolling. Yes, sir. All right. Send him out. Peace. Peace.